Section 13 of Gray's Anatomy, Part 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by M. L. Cohen. Anatomy of the Human Body, Part 4 by Henry Gray. The Forebrain, Part 1. The Forebrain or Prosencephalon. The Forebrain or Prosencephalon consists of one, the diencephalon, corresponding in a large measure to the third ventricle and the structures which bound it and two, the telencephalon, comprising the largest part of the brain, that is, the cerebral hemispheres. These hemispheres are intimately connected with each other across the middle line, and each contains a large cavity named the lateral ventricle. The lateral ventricles communicate through the intervertebral foramen with the third ventricle, but are separated from each other by a medial septum, the septum pellucidum. This contains a slit-like cavity which does not communicate with the ventricles. The diencephalon. The diencephalon is connected above and in front with the cerebral hemispheres, behind with the midbrain. Its upper surface is concealed by the corpus callosum and is covered by a fold of pia mater named the telochoroidea of the third ventricle. Inferiorly, it reaches to the base of the brain. The diencephalon comprises 1. The thalmencephalon, 2. The pars mammillaris hypothalami, and 3. The posterior part of the third ventricle. For descriptive purposes, however, it is more convenient to consider the whole of the third ventricle and its boundaries together. This necessitates the inclusion under this heading of the pars optica hypothalami and the corresponding part of the third ventricle, structures which properly belong to the telencephalon. The thalamencephalon. The thalamencephalon comprises 1. The thalamus, 2. The metathalamus or corpora geniculata, and 3. The epithalamus consisting of the trigone habenulae, the pineal body, and the posterior commissure. The thalami, optic thalamus, are two large ovoid masses situated one on either side of the third ventricle and reaching for some distance behind that cavity. Each measures about four centimeters in length and presents two extremities, an anterior and a posterior, and four surfaces, superior, inferior, medial, and lateral. The anterior extremity is narrow. It lies close to the middle line and forms the posterior boundary of the interventricular foramen. The posterior extremity is expanded, directed backward and lateralward, and overlaps the superior colliculus. Medially, it presents an angular prominence, the pulvinar, which is continued laterally into an oval swelling, the lateral geniculate body, while beneath the pulvinar, but separated from it by the superior brachium, is a second oval swelling, the medial geniculate body. The superior surface is free, slightly convex, and covered by a layer of white substance termed a stratum zonale. It is separated laterally from the caudate nucleus by a white band, the stria terminalis, and by the terminal vein. It is divided into a medial and a lateral portion by an oblique shallow furrow which runs from behind forward and medialward and corresponds with the lateral margin of the fornix. The lateral part forms a portion of the floor of the lateral ventricle and is covered by the epithelial lining of this cavity. The medial part is covered by the telochoroidea of the third ventricle and is destitute of an epithelial covering. In front, the superior is separated from the medial surface by a salient margin, the tinea thalami, along which the epithelial lining of the third ventricle is reflected onto the undersurface of the telochoroidea. Behind, it is limited medially by a groove, the sulcus habenulae, which intervenes between it and a small triangular area termed the trigrome habenulae. 
the inferior surface, rests upon and is continuous with the upward prolongation of the tegmentum, subthalamic tegmental region, in front of which it is related to substantia anominata of Minert. The medial surface constitutes the upper part of the lateral wall of the third ventricle and is connected to the corresponding surface of the opposite thalamus by a flattened gray band, the mass intermedia, middle or gray commissure. This mass averages about one centimeter in its anterior-posterior diameter. It sometimes consists of two parts and occasionally is absent. It contains nerve bundles and nerve fibers. A few of the latter may cross the middle line, but most of them pass towards the middle line and then curve lateralward on the same side. The lateral surface is in contact with a thick band of white substance, which forms the occipital part of the internal capsule and separates the thalamus from the lentiform nucleus of the corpus striatum. Structure. The thalamus consists chiefly of gray substance, but its upper surface is covered by a layer of white substance termed a stratum zonale, and its lateral surface by a similar layer termed the lateral medullary lamina. Its gray substance is incompletely subdivided into three parts, anterior, medial, and lateral, by a white layer, the medial medullary lamina. The anterior part comprises the anterior tubercle. The medial part lies next to the lateral wall of the third ventricle, while the lateral and largest part is interposed between the medullary laminae and includes the pulvinar. The lateral part is traversed by numerous fibers which radiate from the thalamus into the internal capsule and pass through the latter into the cerebral cortex. These three parts are built up of numerous nuclei, the connections of many of which are imperfectly known. Connections the thalamus may be regarded as a large ganglionic mass in which the ascending tracts of the tegmentum and a considerable portion of the fibers of the optic tract end and from the cells in which numerous fibers, thalamocortical, take origin and radiate to almost every part of the cerebral cortex. The lamniscus, together with other longitudinal strands of the tegmentum, enters its ventral part, the thalamomammary fasciculus, bundle of vic d'azur from the corpus mammillare enters in its anterior tubercle while many of its fibers of the optic tract terminate in its posterior ends. The thalamus also receives numerous fibers, corticothalamic, from the cells of the cerebral cortex. The fibers that arise from the cells of the thalamus form four principal groups or stalks. A. Those of the anterior stalk pass through the frontal part of the internal capsule to the frontal lobe. B. The fibers of the posterior stalk optic radiations, arise in the pulvinar and are conveyed through the occipital part of the internal capsule to the occipital lobe. C. The fibers of the inferior stalk leave the under-medial surface of the thalamus and pass beneath the lentiform nucleus to the temporal lobe and insula. D. Those of the parietal stalk pass from the lateral nucleus of the thalamus to the parietal lobe. Fibers also extend from the thalamus into the corpus striatum. Those destined for the caudate nucleus leave the lateral surface and those from the lentiform nucleus, the inferior surface of the thalamus. The metathalamus comprises the geniculate bodies, which are two in number, a medial and a lateral, on each side. The medial geniculate body, corpus geniculatum mediale, internal geniculate body, post geniculatum, lies under cover the pulvinar of the thalamus and on the lateral aspect of the corpora quadrigeminum. Oval in shape, with its long axis directed forward and lateralward, it is lighter in color and smaller in size than the lateral. 
The inferior brachium from the inferior colliculus disappears under cover of it, while from its lateral extremity, a strand of fibers passes to join the optic tract. Entering it are many acoustic fibers from the lateral lemniscus. The medial geniculate bodies are connected with one another by the commissure of Gudin, which passes through the posterior part of the optic chiasma. The lateral geniculate body, corpus geniculatum laterale, external geniculate body, pregeniculatum, is an oval elevation on the lateral part of the posterior end of the thalamus and is connected with the superior colliculus by the superior brachium. It is of a dark color and presents a laminated arrangement consisting of alternating layers of gray and white substance. It receives numerous fibers from the optic tract, while other fibers of this tract pass over or through it into the pulvinar. Its cells are large and pigmented. Their axons pass to the visual area in the occipital part of the cerebral cortex. The superior colliculus, the pulvinar, and the lateral geniculate body receive many fibers from the optic tracts and are therefore intimately connected with sight, constituting what are termed the lower visual centers. Extirpation of the eyes in the newly born animal entails an arrest to the development of these centers, but has no effect on the medial geniculate bodies or on the inferior colliculi. Moreover, the latter are well developed in the mole, an animal in which the superior colliculi are rudimentary. The epithalamus comprises the trigonum habenulae, the pineal body, and the posterior commissure. The trigonum habenulae is a small depressed triangular area situated in front of the superior colliculus and on the lateral aspect of the posterior part of the tinea thalami. It contains a group of nerve cells termed the ganglion habenulae. Fibers enter it from the stalk of the pineal body and others forming what is termed the habenula commissure pass across the middle line to the corresponding ganglion of the opposite side. Most of its fibers are, however, directed downward and form a bundle, the fasciculus retroflexus of Minert, which passes medial to the red nucleus and, after decussating with the corresponding fasciculus of the opposite side, ends in the interpeduncular ganglion. The pineal body, corpus pineale epiphysis is a small, conical, reddish-gray body which lies in the depression between the superior colliculi. It is placed beneath the splenia of the corpus callosum, but is separated from this by the telocoridea of the third ventricle, the lower layer of which envelops it. It measures about 8 millimeters in length, and its base, directed forward, is attached by a stalk or peduncle of white substance. The stalk of the pineal body divides anteriorly into two laminae, a dorsal and a ventral, separated from one another by the pineal recess of the third ventricle. The ventral lamina is continuous with the posterior commissure. The dorsal lamina is continuous with the habendular commissure and divides into two strands, the medullary striae, which run forward, one on either side, along the junction of the medial and upper surface of the thalamus, to blend in front with the columns of the fornix. The posterior commissure is a rounded band of white fibers crossing the middle line on the dorsal aspect of the upper end of the cerebral aqueduct. Its fibers acquire their medullary sheaths early, but their connections have not been definitively determined. Most of them have their origin in a nucleus, the nucleus of the posterior commissure, nucleus of Darkshowitz, which lies in the central gray substance at the upper end of the cerebral aqueduct, in front of the nucleus of the ocular motor nerve. Some are probably derived from the posterior part of the thalamus and from the superior colliculus, while others are believed to be continued downward into the medial longitudinal fasciculus. The hypothalamus includes the subthalamic tegmental region 
and the structures forming the greater part of the floor of the third ventricle, that is, the corpora mammillaria, tuber cinereum, infundibulum hypophysis, and optic chiasma. The subthalamic tegmental region consists of the upward continuation of the tegmentum. It lies on the ventrolateral aspect of the thalamus and separates it from the fibers of the internal capsule. The red nucleus and the substantia nigra are prolonged into its lower part. In front, it is continuous with the substantia nominata of Minert, medially with the gray substance of the floor of the third ventricle. It consists from above downward of three strata. One, stratum dorsale, directly applied to the undersurface of the thalamus and consisting of fine longitudinal fibers. Two, zona inserta, a continuation forward of the formatio reticularis of the tegmentum. And three, the corpus subthalamicum, nucleus of Louis, a brownish mass presenting a lenticular shape on transverse section and situated on the dorsal aspect of the fibers of the base of the cerebral peduncle. It is encapsulated by a lamina of nerve fibers and contains numerous medium-sized nerve cells, the connections of which are not as yet fully determined. The corpora mammillaria, corpus albicantia, are two round white masses, each about the size of a small pea, placed side by side below the gray substance of the floor of the third ventricle, in front of the posterior perforated substance. They consist of white substance externally and gray substance internally, the cells of the latter forming two nuclei, a medial of smaller and a lateral of larger cells. The white substance is mainly formed by the fibers of the columns of the fornix, which descend to the base of the brain and end partly in the corpora mammillaria. From the cells of the gray substance of each of the mammillary bodies, two fasciculi arise. One, the thalamomammillary fasciculus, bundle of vic d'azur, passes upward into the anterior nucleus of the thalamus, the others directed downward into the tegmentum. Afferent fibers are believed to reach the corpus mammillaria from the medial lemniscus and from the tegmentum. The tuber cinereum is a hollow eminence of gray substance situated between the corpora mammillaria behind and the optic chiasma in front. Laterally, it is continued with the anterior perforated substance and anteriorly with the thin lamina, the lamina terminalis. From the undersurface of the tuber cinereum, a hollow conical process, the infundibulum projects downward and forward and is attached to the posterior lobe of the hypophysis. In the lateral part of the tuber cinereum is a nucleus of nerve cells, the basal optic nucleus of Meinhardt, while close to the cavity of the third ventricle are three additional nuclei. Between the tuber cinereum and the corpora mammillaria, a small elevation with a corresponding depression in the third ventricle is sometimes seen. Retzius has named it the Eminentia saccularis and regards it as a representative of the saccus vasculosus found in this situation in some of the lower vertebrates. The hypophysis, pituitary body, is a reddish-gray somewhat oval mass measuring about 12.5 mm in its transverse and about 8 mm in its anterior-posterior diameter. It is attached to the end of the infundibulum and is situated in the fossa hypophysios of the sphenoidal bone where it is retained by a circular fold of dura mater, the diaphragma cella. This fold almost completely roofs in the fossa, leaving only a small central aperture through which the infundibulum passes. Optic chiasma. Chiasma opticum, optic commissure. The optic chiasma is a flattened and somewhat quadrilateral band of fibers situated at the junction of the floor and anterior wall of the third ventricle. Most of its fibers have their origins in the retina and reach the chiasma through the optic nerves, which are continuous with its anterior lateral angles. 
In the chiasma, they undergo a partial decussation. The fibers from the nasal half of the retina decussate and enter the optic tract of the opposite side, while the fibers from the temporal half of the retina do not undergo decussation, but pass back into the optic tract of the same side. Occupying the posterior part of the commissure, however, is a strand of fibers, the commissure of Gudin, which is not derived from the optic nerves. It forms a connecting link between the medial geniculate bodies. Optic tracts. The optic tracts are continued backward and lateralward from the posterior lateral angles of the optic chiasma. Each passes between the anterior perforated substance and the tuber sinarium, and, winding around the ventral idol aspect of the cerebral peduncle, divides into a medial and a lateral root. The former comprises the fibers of Gudin's commissure. The lateral root consists mainly of afferent fibers which arise in the retina and undergo partial decussation in the optic chiasma as described but it also contains a few fine efferent fibers which have their origin in the brain and their terminations in the retina. When traced backward, the afferent fibers of the lateral root are found to end in the lateral geniculate body and pulvinar of the thalamus and in the superior colliculus, and these three structures constitute the lower visual centers. Fibers arise from the nerve cells in these centers and pass through the occipital part of the internal capsule under the name of the optic radiations to the cortex of the occipital lobe of the cerebrum, where the higher or cortical visual center is situated. Some of the fibers of the optic radiations take an opposite course, arising from the cells of the occipital cortex and passing to the lower visual centers. Some fibers are detached from the optic tract and pass through the cerebral peduncle to the nucleus of the ocular motor nerve. These may be regarded as the afferent branches for the sphincter pupillae and ciliaris muscles. Other fibers have been described as reaching the cerebrum through the superior peduncle, while others again are lost in the pons. The third ventricle, ventriculus tertius. The third ventricle is a median cleft between the two thalami. Behind it, it communicates with the fourth ventricle through the cerebral aqueduct, and in front with the lateral ventricles through the interventricular foramen. Somewhat triangular in shape, with the apex directed backwards, it has a roof, a floor, an anterior and a posterior boundary, and a pair of lateral walls. The roof is formed by a layer of epithelium which stretches between the upper edges of the lateral wall of the cavity and is continuous with the epithelial lining of the ventricle. It is covered by and adherent to a fold of pia mater named Atila choroidea of the third ventricle, from the undersurce of which a pair of vascular fringe processes, the choroid plexuses of the third ventricle, project downward, one on either side of the middle line, and invaginate the epithelial roof into the ventricular cavity. The floor slopes downward and forward and is formed mainly by the structures which constitute the hypothalamus. From before backwards, these are the optic chiasma, the tuber sinarium and infundibulum, and the corpus mammillaria. Behind the last, the floor is formed by the interpeduncular fossa and the tegmenta of the cerebral peduncles. The ventricle is prolonged downward as the funnel-shaped recess, the recessus infundibuli, into the infundibulum and to the apex of the latter of the hypophysis is attached. The anterior boundary is constituted below by the lamina terminalis, a thin layer of gray substance stretching from the upper surface of the optic chiasma to the rostrum of the corpus callosum, above by the columns of the fornix and the anterior commissure. At the junction of the floor and anterior wall, immediately above the optic chiasma, the ventricle presents a small angular recess or diverticulum, the optic recess. Between the columns of the fornix and just above the anterior commissure is a second recess termed the vulva. 
at the junction of the roof and anterior wall of the ventricle, and situated between the thalami behind and the columns of the fornix in front, is the interventricular foramen, foramen of Monroe, through which the third communicates with the lateral ventricles. The posterior boundary is constituted by the pineal body, the posterior commissure, and the cerebral aqueduct. A small recess, the recessus pinealis, projects into the stalk of the pineal body, while in front of and above the pineal body is a second recess, the recess suprapinealis, consisting of a diverticulum of the epithelium which forms the ventricular roof. Each lateral wall consists of an upper portion formed by the medial surface of the anterior two-thirds of the thalamus and a lower consisting of an upward continuation of gray substance of the ventricular floor. These two parts correspond to the alar and basal laminae respectively of the lateral wall of the forebrain vesicle and are separated from each other by a furrow, the sulcus of Monroe, which extends from the interventricular foramen to the cerebral aqueduct. The lateral wall is limited above by the tania thalami. The columns of the fornix curve downward in front of the interventricular foramen and then run in the lateral walls of the ventricle, where, at first, they form distinct prominences, but subsequently are lost to sight. The lateral walls are joined to each other across the cavity of the ventricle by a band of gray substance, the massa intermedia. Interpeduncular fossa. This is a somewhat lozenge-shaped area of the base of the brain, limited in front by the optic chiasma, behind by the anterior superior surface of the pons, anterior laterally by the converging optic tracts, and posterior laterally by the diverging cerebral peduncles. The structures contained in it have already been described. From behind forward, they are the posterior perforated substance, corpora mammillaria, tubercinerium, infundibulum, and hypophysis. End of section 13.